0: It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto. Bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at Save My Pet.com. IDtag.com
1: What's up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, it's me, Arden Moore. Now, putting one foot in front of the other. It does a body good. My favorite walk is always, always the one I take with my dogs, Kona and Emma. Now, here today on our show... To share ways to bring out the best in your dog, and maybe a couple cat tips, is one of my favorite veterinarians. She's lighting it up on social media. Please welcome back to our show, The Very Possum, Dr. Lindsay Butzer. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lindsay.
2: Hi, Arden. Thank you
1: for having me back. It's so a glad to see you on your show. Dr. Lindsay, she knows pets, and she's doing her part to share her knowledge. By being one of the most popular veterinarians on TikTok, YouTube, and beyond. She is a savvy time manager too because she treats oodles of pets at the Clint Moore Animal Hospital in Boca Raton, Florida. And she finds time to partner up with a great group, Pet Meds, right, Dr. Lindsay?
2: Yes, currently I am an ambassador for Pet Meds. They're an amazing. A website where you guys can get your pets medications online, shift right to your front door. They're awesome to work with. <laughs> and yeah, currently I am keeping myself busy seeing appointments throughout the week, helping pet parents in our Florida area.
1: February is Responsible Pet Ownership Month, and it should be every day, every second of every year. Yeah. But one big thing near and dear to your heart is the walk. So can you share a few Uh, tips, insights, and benefits of us getting off the couch and taking our dog for a walk. And I have to be careful because Kona's watching me right now. Did you say the W word? (laughs) Oh, they are so smart. And I
2: actually have a YouTube video coming out soon on how smart your dog is and how many words that they can recognize. So the W word, that walk, they know that word. And every morning they expect to go on one. So if if you have one dog taking them on a walk, that is their most happiest time of the day. If you have several dogs like I do, or you could get away with letting them go in the backyard for a romp and they play and wrestle. But if you have two to three dogs, you know, they really want to go on a walk. It just it gets their endorphins going. They get to see the world, the sky, and and they just are so happy. And then it could even help with your crate training or your daily routine. So you can get your work done because once they go on that walk and they come in, they know, oh, I get to have a drink of water and I go in my crate and I can go and be a good dog and sleep while my owner gets stuff done. And and it That's really- a win-win. That's a wagon win-win. <laughs> exactly. It really helps the pet owner too. And then it helps them get in shape, right? It helps us get our miles in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we live in all parts of the country. You're in sunny Boca Raton. I'm jealous right now where the weather is because in Texas here, we're going to get our freeze on pretty soon. Oh, I know there's certain times you can't walk every day, but why is it something good to do year-round weather-wise, you know? So I mean, it gets your dog
2: acclimated to what's going on outside. Even in the winter, when the sun goes down earlier and we have shorter days, yeah, it's good for them to get out so they don't go stir crazy in the house. Uh, I mean, vitamin D. <laughs> yeah, they need they need their vitamin D for growing their immune system, just like we do.
1: And one thing I heard you you uh, as a partner with Pet uh, Med you were saying that dog walking could prolong your dog's life. What do you mean by that?
2: Oh, I 100% agree with this. So my personal dogs have lived a long time. One of my dogs lived to 19 years old, and she was a mutt, a lab mix. Yeah. And lived on a little farm, and she would run every day, and I would take her on walks as a kid. And just that bonding time, plus it's good for their organs. It's good for exercising, flushing out their system, gets them up and moving just like us. Our older people with arthritis it's good to get all that synovial fluid moving in their joints and it makes them feel better. And I think when they feel better, they live longer.
1: Oh, so, a 19-year-old lab tribute. Yes, what was your dog's name? Her name was Lady. Lady to the sky. Yeah, you got was, a, you were you won the dog lot, you won the puppy lottery getting Dr. Lindsay as your that person. Yeah, I got her a long time ago. Now, there's another question. Uh, people may not realize how can walking your dog build their confidence so when you go on a walk with them they they
2: feel the world around them they hear the wind they hear the bushes they're looking around it definitely makes them feel happy that's their element they're a dog we have to remember that they're a canine species so in the wild the wolves are in the woods and everything like that they run with a pack so for us taking them on walks and everything it
1: just it makes them feel good it makes them feel happy and I love dogs. I have two and we have four cats. So, for you kitties out there, the good doctor also has maybe some good tips during pet responsible, pet ownership, responsible month. It's a hard thing. There's so many different names for so many different holidays. But for the indoor cat, how do you keep them from going stir crazy?
2: Oh, so, your indoor cat that lives in the apartment, let's say in New York. And you're coming in and out, and they're wondering, oh, where are you going? Yeah, <laughs> and and they have to just stay there, drink from their their fish bowl or whatever they're doing. Um, I think uh, playing with them, giving them stimulation safely, opening a window, letting them look outside, making sure they have a view. They Do love I-
1: to look outside. I think that's one. I way think to- they're the nosiest of neighbors. Don't you think? Oh, they probably are. They sit in peace. Did, did you see what that person was doing? They didn't bring their garbage can all the way in off the street. I saw them. I saw them. That's what my cats are saying. I, in our house, we have some sturdy cat trees. We have food puzzles. And we use this thing called snuffle mats where you spill oh, wow. some treats for the cat. Yeah. I mean, they got to work their noodle, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So having toys available for them, a cat tree, all that stuff is great. I mean, you could even get a cat harness, put it on them, do something fun with them, walk around the house. They'll probably look at you like, what are we what are we doing here? Because You're not taking him really out.
1: But, but yeah, you got to play with them. Well, my cat Casey is a safety cat and a therapy cat, so he has to be out and about. He does wear a harness and a leash. You should see him in a pet stroller with a cowboy hat on, Dr. Lindsay. Oh He's got the moves. He looks he looks well, hot. And then when he comes home, he takes a big, long cat nap. So he gets to help people at memory care centers and at schools. And I look at him sometimes and I'm like, he's like, yeah, I want to have a full life, right? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And a- you've got kitties too, right? Aren't, don't you oh, have yeah. ragdolls?
2: I have ragdolls and they need stimulation. They want to lay on the couch with me and get pets. And when <laughs> I took out the cat feather wand, oh boy, all, all of them come running out and they want to swat it and play with it. So I have to give them my undivided attention as well as my dogs (laughs) because they have a little brain in there, too. That's very smart.
1: Well, I I appreciate that. Hey, everyone, we're speaking with one of my favorite veterinarians on the planet. It is Dr. Lindsay Butzer. She is in Boca Raton, Florida, but she's on the Internet. Check her out on YouTube, on uh, Instagram, on TikTok, Uh, She's committed to get out as much good information, a lot of times in a fun way, to make us better pet parents. We're going to take a break for a sec. And when we come back, we're going to plunge into other things we can do to bring out the best in our pets. So you all know the drill. We're going to sit, stay. We'll be right back.
0: This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now, you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. (laughs) Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life.
1: Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am so delighted. I got a good pal here. She's a good pal to you and your pets. She is Dr. Lindsay Butzer. So let's get going because February, we're celebrating Responsible Pet Owners Month. And I just had this done with my dog, Kona. Kona is a nine-year-old terrier mix. She's a therapy pet. She is my Super partner in all the veterinary approved pet for state classes I teach. She's there. We're doing CPR, splitting the leg. She pretends oh. not to wake up when I say, wake up, Kona, wake up, Kona. And she lays on the table pretending to be unconscious. Anyway, one of the best gifts I think we can give our pets is to do at minimum an annual exam. But I do it every, every six months. So tell us the importance of the annual exam. Why should we bring our cat and dog to see people like you?
2: I agree 100% Arden with that. Every six months is definitely amazing to get your pet into a veterinarian. And every year is great too. If you get in every year, I'm happy with that. And the reason is you want a professional to feel your pet up and down from nose to tail, looking for certain things you wouldn't know. Such as if their lymph nodes are enlarged, oh okay, if they have bad dental disease. They might even notice a hot spot or even a ruptured anal gland. You might not look back at your dog's butt. <laughs> yeah, vet- people don't do the tail lifting up and check under the hood much. and <laughs> take a sniff by their butt. <laughs> so your veterinarian's going to check them up and let you know how your dog looks. So sometimes they come in, I peel them up, I say, all right, your dog looks beautiful. Or I lift up their lip and I'm like, "Ooh, we could use a dental. Why don't you go to the front and book that for in the next two weeks and yeah. get their teeth cleaned? Dental health can keep them living a long
1: time. Yes, because February is also Pet Dental Awareness Month. And yeah, I'm telling you, in my first aid classes, we always include looking at the gums, the teeth, and smelling the breath. You shouldn't have foul dog breath. Why? Well, that means that you have tartar
2: and stuff going on. And even for your cats, foul breath can mean kidney disease. So if you notice it at home after listening to this, there could be something else going wrong with your pet and you need to get blood work done, too.
1: I don't know. Is there something with you veterinarians? Because when you call us to give us the results of the test, you guys are giddy. Every veterinarian I've ever talked to, okay, we got the urinalysis. There's no protein in the urine. The BUN is this. The keratinin is this. And la, 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 la. and then you hear the words you want to hear. Everything's checked out okay. You guys get giddy, don't you, on the results?
2: Yeah, I guess I go through everything to let you know your pet is healthy. I mean, you would rather us be like that than quiet and saying, okay, we have an issue here yeah. that we need to address. And even being when I was a young veterinarian, I got a, out of school at 25. I knew I wanted to be a vet. That was my passion. And people would listen to me talk to them about sad things. Probably like, what is this teenager giving me these results? But <laughs> that, that's why you want to get in at least once a year um, and talk to your vet and see what they say, what's their professional opinion and let them judge your pet because they're going to help your pet live
1: the longest. That's they right. I want to know what to do. And you do practice in South Florida. I'm in Dallas. So in South Florida, it is getting, it's February and March. The snowbirds are still here. But is there some things you can say weather-wise or something related to South Florida that could be a health tip for dogs and cats, do's and don'ts, or things to avoid? So South Florida, we are known for our heat and we're known for our bugs and
2: then (laughs) That comes with uh, a lot of spraying of fertilizers. Ooh. So be aware of that. We don't know exactly if they can cause cancer or we do know they can cause itchy skin or some upset stomachs and and vomiting, but living in in South Florida, those are some things you want to look out for in the heat, making sure your pets aren't getting overheated or ever left outside. What's a tip Um, that
1: says the dog is getting too hot? What do you see in the dog?
2: A lot of panting. They're uneasy. You want to make sure they come inside. Their tongue is hanging out. Their gums can even be bright red. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a color. And then along with our bugs, you, you have to make sure your pets are on flea and tick prevention. So you can get that at pet meds. You can get it shipped right to your front door. They have discounts all the time.
1: So, you know, yeah, I used to live in South Florida and I swear they would try to call them palmetto bugs, but they're frigging cockroaches. And you know what? So everything was in my refrigerator, sugar, everything. uh, But the flea and tick and is so important in the heartworm, right? Yes, heartworm. We see heartworm disease all
2: the time. I just saw a German Shepherd the other day, unfortunately, did pass away from it. So it's serious. It reminds us all. We need to be giving them Heart Guard, or there's other products out there. Like 24
1: every every month. Don't skip a month.
2: Every month. Don't don't skip a month. If you do, it's not the end of the world. Just get them right back on it.
1: Yeah. And I do know, like in our area, Kona and Emma get um, a heartworm, sort of a booster every six months or something, and then they get their their topicals preventatives for fleas and ticks. Now, this is maybe you can help me out. One time I lifted under the hood and Kona had a tapeworm coming out on a walk. It was not fun. And she's on flea and tick medicine. But I was told that it's good as a suit of armor on the pet. But if they swallow up an infected flea while grooming, what happens?
2: They get a tapeworm. The tapeworms come from eating a flea. That's (laughs) a fun topic because the owners say there is no fleas. My pet lives indoors, but they're pooping out a worm. Um, so where they get the flea? They must have eaten the flea. <laughs> you
1: know? So and it's then- an easy remedy, isn't it? Because I called my veterinarian and that afternoon we, we brought Kona in.
2: Yes. Yeah. And then for vaccines, you want to make sure your pet is up to date on vaccines. Because Stemper, Parvo, Bordetella, and then of course your rabies, which is required by law. Right. You need how about for, year.
1: how about kitty cat's?
2: And then cats, you need to get your feline distemper, feline leukemia, and rabies. So those are the three important ones for your cats.
1: What uh, about leptospirosis? I know that isn't a core vaccine, but what's your take on that?
2: Yeah, I was going to talk about lepto and Lyme. Lepto, it's from from pee, from rats. If They're living in New York on the East Coast. And now even in Florida, we're seeing it as, as they're building more construction. Everyone's getting closer together in Miami. You want to give them the the lepto vaccine to keep them safe. We've seen a couple cases now. Okay. And that causes kidney disease. So
1: Yeah. And your your parting message to everybody who is dog on and having a marvelous opportunity because they have a cat, dog, or more in their life, from your standpoint, you are both a veterinarian and a pet parent. What's your parting message on how to celebrate February being responsible pet owners month and beyond?
2: I think try to be as organized as possible with your pets and just making sure you're giving them their vaccines and their preventatives. If you're doing that part and going to your vet once a year, you're doing a fabulous job. Your pets are going to be happy. They're going to live a long time. And of course, keep their weight looking good. And do that walk. (laughs) Yeah, and do the walk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody, we just spoke with an amazing veterinarian. I love this gal, Dr. Lindsay Butzer. How do people follow you? Search my name on the internet,
2: Lindsay Butzer, and my YouTube channel will come up. Instagram is Lindsay Butzer DBM, TikTok dr underscore Lindsay Butzer. I answer DMs, questions, and any pet concerns. You can also chat with me personally on petmeds.com. At the bottom, you'll see my little bubble, Vet live, and you guys can chat with
1: me there. That sounds for good. Free, for free. Hey everybody, we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Dr. Mikel Degado and she's going to talk about how to bring out the play in your cat. So everybody just sit, stay, her, whatever. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, raise a paw if you enjoy a good time. Well, guess what? (laughs) So does your cat. It's not all about napping and grooming for our fine felines. They need play with a purpose. And here to share why play can be a major key to your cat's happiness is one of the world's top cat experts, Please welcome to our show, Certified Cat Behavior Consultant, Dr. Michael Delgado. Hey, it's about time you got on my show, Dr. Delgado. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been too long, but here we are. And can cats, as they say in the world of cats, you have unleashed a, a new book. It is called Play With Your Cat, The Essential Guide to Interactive Play for a Happier, Healthier, Feline, play. I think that's one of the cat's favorite four-letter words. Don't you agree? Absolutely, yes.
3: Yeah, it's really a call to action. The title of the book really just
1: says everything you need to know. You need to do it. <laughs> well, you get right to the point. That's what I like. And kind of tuning in for uh, the folks on YouTube is uh, my cat, Casey. He He's kind of monitoring this, this interview, too, because it's important to him to play. Cats need to play. Kittens, prime timers, seniors, right? So let's, l- let's just get right into it. We, we've focused a lot on cats and the weird behaviors they do and the foods we need to feed them. I'm sorry, we forgot the other element, play. Why is play so important to any feline at any age?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I really, I guess, arrived on this topic from working with so many cat owners who were not playing with their cats. And, you know, often when I'm helping a client, their cat is having behavior problems and play <laughs> is often part of my treatment plan. And that's because play is not only a feel-good behavior, right? It's like, bring yeah. your cat exercise, it helps reduce stress, takes their mind off things that might be bothering them in their environment, but it also reflects what we would call a species-typical behavior, right? So these are behaviors okay. that we want to see our pets exhibit that are normal and healthy for them to express. And for cats, predation and play are very similar. There's a lot of overlap. There's you just threw out reason. a
1: big word for some folks. Okay, yes. Um, And I know it'll never be on a Jeopardy question, but maybe tell us about the two Ps.
3: Yeah, so predation, hunting. So that's really, um, so our cats are, are naturally predators, right? And that's something that has stayed true to them as a species throughout the process of domestication, right? So the cats of, you know, ancient Egypt that people brought into their homes, the cats that we live with now all still have this very strong instinct to hunt. Regardless of, you know, if we keep them indoors they may not get a lot of opportunities to hunt, except maybe if you've ever had a fly come into your house, you've really seen your cats, you know, light up, right? They know. They're very aware that there's a little bug in your house and they would like to chase it around and hopefully catch it. They are
1: a furry fly swatter.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so really play is about tapping into that hunting instinct in a way that doesn't hurt any birds. Your cat doesn't have to go outside, but you know, and I'm not, you know, here to like lecture people on whether or not they should let their cats outside. But, you know, it it is regardless of whether your cats go outside, um, it is an opportunity for them to engage in a fun behavior that helps maintain their health, helps you have a bond with them too, right? So it's not just about the cat, it's about the relationship you have with your cat. And hopefully first, you know, some cats can actually reduce behavior problems because you're giving them again an outlet for this natural behavior that if they don't have an outlet for it, you might have a cat or kitten chasing your ankles, biting your hands. So we're really using it as a way to make our cats happier and healthier, but also, you know, reduce some of those maybe annoying behaviors. And again, help you have a better bond with your cat. There's
1: There's been a number of cat books out there, and I've humbly written some, and you have too, and Jackson Galaxy and others. Do you think it, we're, we're finally getting to... Cover the topic that's long overdue. Play and and so I wanted to ask, how is your book set up so people best understand? Because it sounds goofy, just wiggle a wand toy or toss a paper wad. No, guys, it's much more than that.
3: Yeah, really. You know, I've I've been wanting to write a book about cats, but I did not necessarily want to write just another book on how to take care of your cat. Right? There's lots of fantastic books, and those books are very important. But I did want to highlight this one topic and. Obviously, I have a lot to say about it. (laughs) As I I dove into it, I was like, this is, you know, there's a lot here. And so my approach to the book was really to first look at the science, right? I'm a scientist. So I wanted to look at the research on both predatory behavior in cats and play behavior in cats. And luckily, there's like a nice wealth of research on this topic. Back in the 80s, a lot of people studied kittens and play. And unfortunately, that's really where the play research was focused is on kittens Any of us who has had an adult cat knows that cats play throughout their lifetime. They can. But a lot of people, if they don't play with their cat throughout their lifetime, maybe their cat becomes kind of a couch potato or, you know, loses interest. And so I really wanted to encourage people to maintain that practice throughout their cat's entire life. So my approach to the book was kind of half scientific, like, here's what the science says, here's what cats do when they hunt, here's what they do when they play, and the other half is more a practical how-to, right? Like what toys, how do you find out what toys your cat needs or likes? Right? How do you move the toy? Because I see a lot of people with some bad technique, right? They don't Uh-oh. know. <laughs> they don't, Maybe they don't recognize what they're doing when they're playing with their cat. Again, thinking you're in, you're allowing your cat to hunt the toy. So you mm-hmm. want to move the toy like a bird or a mouse would move. You don't want to just wave it around, you know, whipping it and, you know, scaring your cat or anything like that. So so a lot of the the book is a how-to, how to. How to so give us a, like,
1: give us a thing. I it just yeah. turned into a fake bird. Yes. And I find myself in the living room with Casey my cat. Yes. At no no bird is being harmed in the making of this comment. So what's the right bird move for me?
3: Yeah. So there's there's lots of and one thing I always recommend to people is like learn about animals. Like I like to watch videos of birds. I have a bird feeder. So birds do things like You know, they hop around, they peck at food, they might take off very suddenly and fly away, or maybe they would land on an elevated surface. So you can fly your bird toy over to the platform of a cat tree and then have it, you know, fall. And maybe your bird is suddenly wounded. Ooh, that's an exciting opportunity for your cat to kill them, right? So, So really thinking about incorporating things in the environment, like your cat furniture, your human furniture, cardboard boxes... Oh yeah, truly you know, in uh, Amazon, we've been doing a lot of ordering, right? Exactly. So, so, you know, also thinking about how you can utilize your environment to encourage your cat to use more of the space, get more exercise, climb things, jump down from things. And again, kind of tune into what would a bird do? What would a bird do if they were scared of a the cat? They might try to hide or fly away, but you don't want to make it so hard that your cat can never catch the bird. So maybe we're, you know, we're slightly less active bird at times but also depends on your cat right if you have an older cat then you're probably going to have a weaker prey toy you're going to make it easier for your cat to catch the toy you might move the toy much slower your cat might be doing more watching and padding with their paws than doing backflips like a younger cat will do right so i think sometimes people just think play is your cats running around the house and doing these amazing backflips and no for cats even when they're hunting so much of the time they're, they're spending hunting is on watching and yes. calculating, like, when's the right time to make the move? And that's when we see the staring, the <laughs> butt wiggle, and then you might see a pounding. I had an X like that, but that's another conversation. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, I, I really want people to, I guess part of it is pay attention to your how your cat is responding to the toy and also being present, because I think in this day and age, so many of us are have our phones nearby, we're playing with one hand, we're texting with the other. And with play, I really encourage people to take that, you know, three ten minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever your cat needs to really be present with your cat and and be the bird and act like a bug. And hopefully you will see positive results because of that.
1: I like that. Hey, everyone. We're speaking with Dr. Michael Delgado. She is a cat behaviorist. She's got a PhD after her name. And we're going to find out a little bit about her background. And uh, for those on YouTube, you actually see some guitars. So we'll get into that. But we're going to take a break. So you all know the drill. We're just going to sit and purr and be right back.
0: Got dog. (laughs) Got cat. One of the best ways to show your pet how much you love them is to take a Pet First Aid class. Arden Moore is a Master Certified Pet First Aid CPR instructor and founder of Pet First Aid for You. Very cool! These classes are fun and practical and feature pet safety dog Kona and cat Casey. No way! Yes, a real dog and cat teaching duo. Wait,
1: Wait, what?
0: All classes are veterinarian approved and are available in person or via Zoom. Ready to sign up for a class? Sorry, it's it's just for people. Arden Moore's Pet First Aid for You classes are proudly supported by Zinzi Pies Save My Pet ID Tags. Pet parents who wear Zinzi Pies Save My Pet ID Tags in bracelet, keychain, and pendant versions are assured that their beloved fur babies will continue to receive the loving care that they deserve, even if the pet parents are not able to provide it. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. You heard? The Cat Behavior Alliance is called Arden Moore's new book, The Cat Behavior Answer Book, meowsing and relatable. The Cat Behavior Answer Book, available now online at Amazon and, of course, fourleggedlife.com.
1: Welcome back to The Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're getting catified with a great person who knows all things feline she is dr michael delgado a phd after her name we are delving into her new book and it is something you need to get your paws on play with your cat this lady's a scientist but she's got a pretty interesting background and we gotta dive in come on tell us because i mean you you have a doctorate degree is that from uh, uc davis UC Berkeley. UC so, Berkeley. Yeah. And then you went and did a postdoctorate fellowship, right, at yes. UC Davis. So, yeah. listeners, she's got brains, and she's got cat compassion. And you've written a book before with Jackson Galaxy, the guy from yes. My Cat from Hell. Love the guy. And this one, your new book, Play with Your Cat. I, I'm so glad that you're talking about play with a purpose because it's really important. But one thing in your book you said... Affecting play, there's different factors. I was surprised you said the the gender of the cat and the body health type can influence. Can you explain those two? Yeah.
3: So when I was looking at all the possible things that could influence your cat's play behavior, of course we always look to biological differences, right? So mm-hmm. sex differences, personality differences, and the you know, the literature actually suggests that there's not a ton of differences based on sex both you know and if you think about okay hunting and play have a lot of overlap in why cats do them then it would make sense every cat needs to be able to hunt to survive in theory of course nowadays we chuck a bowl of food down for them so they don't need those skills to the extent they would if they were out on the streets right but that instinct is there so we will then see that all cats should play because all cats need to be able to hunt that that is in them when I'm looking at things like body type, you know, what I really want people to do is think about their cat as an individual. Okay, Is your cat physically fit? Are they a little bit on the chunky side, right? And so I have a whole section in the book about how to deal with cats <laughs> with, with disabilities and cats who are overweight or older. That's good because, though, you're
1: yeah. inclusive, yes. Yeah,
3: and I want people to not just dismiss like, oh, my cat's fat, so he can't play. Like he's just not that into it, right? So you just have to kind of tailor the play to what he can do. So maybe that means- He's doing more laying on the ground and rolling around with the toy than again. Good. Doing yes. Backwards. Yes. Get him going. Yeah. 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 You know, a, a shy cat may need different things than an outgoing cat. So I do want people to just really understand their cat and how they can learn more about what that particular cat needs. There's no one size fits all. People really want like a here's how you play with every cat in the world.
1: And it's not that simple. I'm glad. But you're, you're blazing a new trail, if you would. It, it's kind of scary, I bet, to be getting into new research because there's not a lot out there. You're actually setting some basics and some standards, wouldn't you say?
3: Yeah. And and the nice thing is that there is new research being done on cat play behavior. So things will, I'll probably need to update the book in 10 years, but that's oh, okay. darn. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think the the nice thing about cats is that they've Certainly since I started working with cats in 2000, I think we've seen a lot of improvements for cats Mm -hmm. as far as people's interest in taking good care of them. Certainly, you know, interest on the internet has escalated. We know, of course, it has downsides in addition to the benefits. It's just that sometimes we see people doing things that go viral that maybe are not the best for the cat's welfare, Right. right? So just, but on the other hand, we do see a lot of people who have- you know, adopted a cat, really want to take good care of them. They don't hold back in spoiling their cat yeah. and giving them what they need. And that's certainly the audience that I would, I'm would i hoping to tap into. But really, I think
1: everybody will hopefully learn something from this book. And well, but- what about your your cats? You have three, Coriander, mm-hmm. Ruby, Professor Scribbles. Yes. <laughs> don't know what you call them as a nickname. Um, yeah,
3: So I have three cats. They're sisters. So they're all females and they're all tortie tabbies. So I went for the tortitude factor. (laughs) But really, you know, I tell so many of my clients to if they if they want to get a kitten to adopt at least two kittens, right? So they can play with each other and grow up together. And knowing that, you know, naturally occurring cat groups like feral colonies tend to be matrilineal. They tend to be comprised of related females. I was interested in adopting, you know, a litter or, you know. Members of a litter. So when or we lost our last cat during the beginning of the pandemic, that was my cat, Clarabelle, and she had large cell lymphoma. And she, she was a fantastic cat. She was like, definitely my heart cat for, you know, and, yeah. but after she passed away, we decided this was an opportunity to just get three cats at once and not <laughs> Find that. go through, you know, one of the main reasons that I've called for cat behavior help is cat introductions gone wrong where yes you know people have a resident cat they introduce another cat and now they're fighting so i was like i think i'm just going to skip the introduction and just adopt litter mates and then they already know each other and so that's what we do
1: yeah so they're had a womb with a view when they were yeah so um what's their favorite play style what's a game you play with them
3: yeah it's a great question they're all so you know as as cats are they're all individuals Mm -hmm. they like they definitely like well, Coriander is very
1: food motivated, so she likes, well she's kind of kind of a kitchen name. Go ahead. Yes.
3: <laughs> she likes anything that involves training and working for food. So she uses food puzzles, but with play, you know, they they love. It's going to sound weird cuz again it's food, but they love green beans. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, some cats <laughs> yeah. dig it. They really and I so I tie a green bean through a string and I <laughs> attach it to a wand and I drag it around. They love that. I think like some uh,
1: visitors come over and they see a green bean on a yeah. string in your living room.
3: Yeah. Oh, is that what we're having for dinner, the I have gone to the grocery store and bought three green beans. And the, <laughs> the clerk is like, what's going on here? I'm like, they're for my cats. Okay, <laughs> good. You're funny. Yeah. Okay. But no, they like, you know, they like a lot of feather wands. They really like the ripple rug, which is this really cool... Oh, yeah. Toy. It's like a prop for play where it's got um, a rug that's a base and then it has a rug that velcros onto the top that has holes in it so you can kind of make caves and tunnels. They love that and they like anything with the stick end of the toy like poking through a hole or underneath a piece of fabric or a tissue paper. They love tissue paper, but they're pretty run of the, like, you know, they like, they like feather wands. They like anything kind of small and bug-like on the end of a stick and a string is is good for them, but they do get bored of the same toy pretty quickly. So I do a lot of homemade toys to keep them interested. That's kind of how the green bean came into <laughs> being. It was like, okay, it's when it's fresh, you know, it's it's nice and juicy, and then it kind of gets dry and weird and hard, and they like that too, and then we re- compost it and get a new green bean, and they seem to be satisfied with that. <laughs>
1: Hey everyone, we're speaking with Dr. Michael Delgado. You got to get your paws on her book. It's called Play with Your Cat. We also need to have people know how to follow you because I do know you co-founded feline minds. So, how do we get how do we track you down?
3: Yeah, unfortunately I have like too many websites, but .com <laughs> is my cat consulting business. So that's where people should go if they want to hire me for a behavior consultation. Okay. And they can learn more about that service there. I also have a blog called whatyourcatwants.com, and that's me really translating science for a lay audience. So just trying to bring the studies about cats to your everyday cat person in a way they can understand what the science found, what it means, how should we think about it? And I also co-run a website called foodpuzzlesforcats.com. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Then I run that with Ingrid Johnson, who's a cat behavior consultant from Georgia, And the goal of that website is to encourage people to use food puzzles with their cats. So not quite play, but definitely part of the predatory or eating behavior, right? Is that working for food? So, yeah, and I'm on social media. You know, people Google me. They'll find me. I'm mostly on Instagram and Twitter. So, or X.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I'm I'm around. Okay. Hey, I'm so happy we finally got to have you on the show. We need to meet in person someday. But thank you for... Tell us about your book and thank you for being a trailblazer for fine felines everywhere. I'm a better human because of the kitties in my house. Thanks for having me. At this time, I want to give a special pause up to our two special guests. We had the veterinarian, Dr. Lindsay Buzzer and Dr. Michael Delgado. At this time, I also want to give a big thanks to all you radio stations coast to coast for airing our show. Really appreciate it. And, of course, you pet pals for tuning in. If you're interested in pet first aid, I'm a master instructor. Pet first aid for you. So until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Pause up!
0: You know, people ask all the time, what do you do with the parts of the interviews that you don't have time for on the radio? Well, we post video versions online on our Four-Legged Life YouTube and Rumble channels. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag online at savemypetidtag.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com and have a pawsome week.